When people come to me to franchise their business, that's one of the conversations I'll have with them. When do you want to retire? What does that look like? How much money do you want in the bank to retire? What does that look like in terms of how many investors you need? Welcome to the Infinite Franchisee Show podcast, the show for franchisees and small business owners who want to exchange the hustle and never-ending tasks of being a business owner for a life of swag, a life of sanity, wealth, and gratitude. I'm your host, April Porter, and I get it. Owning franchise locations is hard, and keeping your sanity while doing it well, that's even harder. I have been there. I opened my first business with no business experience, but I managed to find my swag, operating four franchise locations and only working five hours a week on the business. Today, as an empire building strategist, I mentor franchisees and small business owners across the world, showing them it is possible to own a successful business while living a life full of swag. Look, business ownership is messy and it's frustrating, but you don't have to give up on the dreams you had when you first started your business. In this podcast, you'll learn how easy it can be to achieve everything you want. Let me show you the way. This week, I have another amazing guest with me on the Infinite Franchisee Show, Cheryl White, my friend and franchisor from across the pond. Welcome, Cheryl. How are you doing? Sick, how are you? Oh, it's really, really good. Thank you. Before we get started, I want to add a little context to your visit with us. So why don't you give everyone your background and what you're doing? What I love about what Cheryl does is that she wears two hats and... One, as a successful franchisor, and then one, because she's got such a big heart and so much knowledge and she can't help but help other people, she also helps franchisors become franchisors. But you tell it better than I do, so give everybody the rundown. Okay, Fab, thanks very much, April. So, yeah, my name is Cheryl, and I've got a franchise over here in the UK. It's a home care franchise, which we've now grown across the UK. And we're just signing our first international team in the spring, which is really exciting. And as April says, I wear two hats. So I am a franchisor, but I'm also a franchise strategist. So I support business owners to franchise their businesses uh, with the help of my team. And I also support established franchisors with their well-being under my positive psychology program. Uh, the Positive Psychology Programme is called Chaos to Calm, and that is a 12-week programme for franchisors, and we work through what's called the PERMA model. So there's two areas what I focus on, and um, so franchising and then support franchisors. That's awesome. And I, I love having Cheryl as a guest, because as you know, our focus here on the Infinite Franchisee is really the franchisee and what's best for the franchisee and how can the franchisee be successful. And many times our conversations do turn to things that franchisors are not doing well to support their franchisees. But we recognize that there are franchisors out there who are doing things very well and who are truly putting their franchisees first and who are looking for ways to enhance the franchisee experience. And what I love about Cheryl and her franchise is that not only does she embody that as a franchisor, but she spreads that philosophy through her teachings to other people who want to become franchisors. 
So we're just thrilled to have you here, Cheryl, as an example of what's going right in the franchising industry. Well, I'm really excited to be here as well. We were having a little bit of a discussion before we press the record button here, just about the whole struggle that young business owners have. And I don't think that it's exclusive to franchisees, right? I think also you probably run into this with people who want to franchise their business as well. But one of the biggest struggles people have are obstacles that they need to overcome when first breaking into real business expansion is the difference between what is an expense and what is an investment. And we both see that in our respective fields. So how is it that you see that showing up and limiting people? Swayze, people I see that showing up is that people are so willing to invest in themselves and and their businesses, you know, they'll invest in other things, but as soon as it, bec- it comes to them as either a franchisee or a franchisor, they really struggle with that investment piece. And and it's sort of changing the mindset of those people and, and talking to them and saying, you know, when you are investing, whether that's to franchise your business, whether that's um, to grow your business, whether it's personal development as a franchisee and a franchisor, which we absolutely know is vital, especially when you're growing such a big network and um, it's changing that mindset of seeing that that money spent as an uh, as a business cost rather than an investment and um, and I, I talk quite openly on my socials or when I'm speaking to franchisees and franchisors that I spend thousands of pounds a year on my own personal investment and if I didn't do that I wouldn't be showing up as the best franchisor or the best coach for my franchisees or my franchise students. And for me, if I'm expecting people to invest in me and my business, I then have to show that in return that I invest in my own personal development to make sure that that investment's worth their while. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I mean, and I know what you mean by thousands per year, but I mean, like me, I have over the years invested hundreds of thousands of dollars thousands, yeah. in just personal development programs yeah. and learning from other mentors in very, that have their own various specialties. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, even last year alone, we've, we've just done our end of year accounts now. Last year alone, it was 75,000 I invested. But then when you're looking at that April on a return on investment scale, which is always what you know, franchisees and franchisors need to be looking at, you know, that pays off now and also in the next five, six, seven years to come. And so again, it's looking at it from that investment piece and what is it that you're going to gain from that investment now and, and sort of in the future as well. Yeah, I find that the whole struggle with this topic really starts because most people, their first foray into managing finances is really on a personal side. Yeah. And typically, people start out their careers working for someone else where they're receiving a standard paycheck. It's the same amount they're getting every two weeks. And then they have the bills that they have to pay to survive, right? They have their rent or their mortgage, their car payment, their utilities. And when they pay that, yes, they get lights, they get a car to drive, but that that payment isn't necessarily generating more wealth. It's not all of a sudden they get a check back in the mail 
because they turned on their lights 85 times throughout the month, right? They don't get a light bonus because they use the product. So, so they're conditioned and, you know, our subconscious is conditioned that when money goes out, it's gone. And the part of business ownership is learning that every penny you spend has the opportunity to bring you a dollar. And so sometimes that's another mindset issue that business owners can have is if it doesn't bring in an immediate windfall of money, then they see it as a failure. And again, it's kind of trying to change people's mindsets around money. And it, it always baffles me because when you speak to sort of, you know, obviously I'm speaking to franchisees every day, franchisors every day. And, you, and you're speaking to them and they, they understand, most of them understand that whatever you do now in terms of marketing is going to pay off in six to 12 months time. You know, you're not going to market now and, and you know, you're, you're going to have clients knocking at your door tomorrow. When I started, I thought that would happen, you know, but that's another story for another time. So, so, you, so it's exactly the same with investment. You know, if, if, if you're investing in something today, you're going to, you know, you've got to really be realistic and think, well, the, the rewards of that investment are going to be 6, 12, 18, two years time. That's when it's going to start to pan out because you're building that investment in with your marketing and your strategy and, you know, you're going to have jobs to do with it and, and everything else. Um, so it, it's really educating people on that. And, and I think sometimes, you know, that the saying, you know, when somebody says to you, well, I can't afford to work with you and then somebody else says, so we can't afford not to. It's a bit of a cliche, but it's absolutely right, you know, if it's correct in sort of the terminology. 100%. I've had, I've actually had people, I'm sure you have too, because you're very active on social media. We're very active on social media. We do a lot of free events. So we've had people who come into our ecosystem and they attend free events, and but they don't invest in the actual program. and But they'll come to every free event and try to pick up nuggets, right? And they'll even have consults with us. And I'm happy to give to those people. I want them to be successful. And ultimately, I know eventually they'll, the one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to receive enough value that they can move forward in some respect in their business and create some revenue to join the program, or they're just going to realize, okay, I've been spinning my wheels. I have to join the program. Yeah. And then the alternative is that their money's going to run out and they're going to fail. And that's really the only two options. And I have people who have been in my ecosystem long enough where in the beginning they thought they couldn't afford me. In the beginning they thought they couldn't afford me. And then we're six months down the road and they're like, now I really can't afford you. And had I started, if I would have started, I would be in a completely different position today. And so then that's a conversation of like, okay, well, you can't afford not just to your point, you can't afford not to do it today because where will you be in six months without the the help and the mentorship? And so it is as a provider, it is frustrating just to be like totally frank about it. It's frustrating to watch when you know you can help and make that life changing difference in someone's business and life. But it's part of it's part of the game. And I think you know, and um, so so I, I know the feeling that I get when I invest with a new coach. So 
I, I'll always, so sort of round Rob's October, November time, I start to look at different coaches I'm, I'm going to invest with. That could be individual coaching, it could be a mastermind, it could be, it could be anything. Um, and once I find that person and I sign up to that person, everything starts to change for me. So I've just signed up to one recently and it's a, it's a finance masterclass, which is my, not my best, my biggest skill, if I've got to be honest. Um, but I've signed up for it and I've gone all in and I've, you know, I've committed to it for the next six months. And already the mindset shift because I've taken that step to sign up for it is huge. And I'm already starting to see before we've even started the course, which is starting in January, we're doing the onboarding and the, and the orientation. My mindset's starting to shift on the finances. I'm actually looking at the PL reports, which I've never done ever. I've just left it to the finance directors. So from the minute you say yes and you believe in yourself and you go in with that coach or that mastermind or whatever that is, everything starts to change. And it's really interesting because um, sometimes people will come to me and they'll say to me, Cheryl, I'm thinking of investing in this franchise. It's not my franchise. It's a franchise they're looking at. And they'll say, what what, what things should I be looking for? You know, but, you know, I've been told to look at the legal agreements. I've been told to look at this, this, you know, all of the normal things. And I always say to them, follow the franchise or on social media for the next three months. Just watch them, listen to what they talk about, listen to what they say. How do they talk about their brand? How do they talk about their own development and that of their franchisees? And that will tell you everything you need to know about joining that franchise, everything you need to know. And they, they go, some of them do it and some of them, I don't know whether they do or they don't, but for, for me, that's the key to, to, to buying into a franchise. You've, you've got to, to know that that franchise or is, a, is committed to that brand as, as you will be when you're investing fifty, sixty thousand dollars or pounds or whatever you're investing into it. Such good advice. I love that because when you're really intentionally following, when you're really intentionally following a social media, right? Looking at it every single day and as we know, because we create a lot of social media, you have to be intentional and you have to come up with the topics and all that stuff. In order to come up with that much content, it has to come from within you. It has to come from the things that you believe in and that you're convicted about. And so it is kind of a, a little bit into somebody's core, right? And, and into their subconscious. And if you're listening to the way, to the words that they choose, do they say, I this, I that? Do they say we... Do they do they refer to the franchisees as they or do they refer to do they always say when they I mean, obviously, when we're talking about franchisees, it would be franchisees. But then when we use a pronoun, it's very telling if they say they or we. Right, because when people use the term we, it's that we're all in this together and there's no separation, there's no division between the parties even though there's a distinction, right? There's a franchise or a franchisee distinction, but there's not a division of ideals and belief and drive. And so those are things that people could even fake in a single conversation. But if you're watching three months of their social media, you're going to see the truth come out. Yeah, yeah. And that does start to trickle out and you start to see that at 100% you do. Um, and it's really interesting when you start to look at the dynamics of that. Um, and again, you know, speaking to franchisors, always weary of a franchisor that says they've got no budget to work with anybody. 
always weary of that or they've no marks and budgets or they've got, you know, and, and they will quite openly say that on the social medias as well. So it's just looking at that. Um, I think that tells you an awful lot about a franchise brand. Well, 100%. In fact, I'm sure you have too. I've talked to franchisors and when we're talking about how to help their franchisees, another thing I notice is, oh, I could never ask my franchisees to pay that, right? Because, and these are franchisors don't have a franchise yet. So I'm like, just put it in the FDD. Yeah. Right? That's all you have to do. If you disclose in advance, this is part of your investment in being successful, then people are going to make sure that they have the money set aside to do that. But when one of the red flags I hear is when they say, I can't ask, I'm already asking them to spend this money. I can't ask them to spend more. Then that tells me, well, your mindset as a franchisor is a scarcity mindset. Yeah. And you're set, and you're also trying to sell your franchise based on price instead of based on the value and the quality and what you can do for someone who owns your brand, what kind of life they could, you know, create through the ownership of your brand. And so Anytime you're selling on price instead of value, that's a red flag. Yeah. And again, you know, it's it sort of at, at, from a franchise all sides as well. When you're speaking to your potential investors coming into the business as part of the franchise network, it, it's, it's figuring out what their mindset is. So have they got a very fixed mindset? Have they got a growth mindset? And how can you figure that out? Um, I know there's lots of tools you can use to do that. I think April, by having a two-minute conversation with them, that would very, you know, it quickly makes you aware of what, what their plans are and, and what, you know, what they would look, want to do with the franchise. One of our latest team members, he bought um, a franchise from us eight months ago and he came in with this huge plan of what he wanted and, it, and the areas he wanted to buy and everything else. And the team said to me, my, my national team said, do you think he's overstretching the mark a bit? And I said, never, ever put anybody down for doing that. He, you know, he's got his goals. He's set them. He's absolutely smashed them. Um, and he's and he's way over that, you know. And I could see that growth mindset from him. The minute he sat down in the chair in front of me, you could see the excitement that was bubbling up inside him. And, and as a franchisor, I will then match that excitement with him. Talk about the Apollo family, which we, we call the, the Apollo team. Tell them where we, we want to go as franchisors, you know, what our expansion plans are, which are huge. And it really brings somebody along for that journey. So then when you are talking to them about investment and what that looks like, it's not a scary word. It's like exit planning, isn't it? I mean, I was talking to my lawyers about this yesterday. You know, in the, in the past, we've had some of our franchisees have kind of used exit planning as kind of do a little bit of a threat I don't like to use the word threat but they have you know when they threw the dolly up the pram over something and they've said right well we're selling and they, they never have you know it's always just been something that they, they've said we're now sort of from the last three years we talk about exit planning from day one so again it's changing the mindset of the of the potential investor then to say well actually we want you to think about your exit plan for this franchise because that then makes that conversation so much easier and it's not seen as the elephant in the room so even now when I'm talking to to my franchisees and they will come and say you know Cheryl I'm thinking of investing into this program I always say okay so what's the return on investment in it what does that look like 
of what value is that going to then add to your top line when you're looking to sell your franchise in, you know, 5, 10, 15 years' time? So benchmarking it against that rather than saying, oh, well, that's a loss of money, you know, or it, it, it's it's two totally different conversations. And I'm so glad you brought up exit planning. We always talk about three strategies that should be in place on the very first day of business ownership, like the day you open your doors. Exit strategy is one of those. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be opening your doors if you don't know where the opening is ultimately going to lead you to and what the plan is at the end of the road, because that's how you hit your goals. I mean, if you don't have a plan to exit at some point in time, and, and many franchisees and, and small business owners don't. And, and the thought, some for some of them, their identity is so tied up in the business, and that's how they perceive that their life will be. That they're like, I don't ever want to. I don't ever want to sell. I mean, this is my business. I want to work the business. And I'm like, you're not gonna want to work the business when you've been in it 30 years and your joints hurt and you want to spend time with your grandkids. Yeah. So. It's not a dirty word. Let's plan now so that when that time comes, you have options. And there's lots of options, right? That you could sell it. You could pass it on to your children. You could pass it on to an employee and become a silent partner. You could, I mean, there's a million ways that you could exit your business. But if you don't build it so for, for whatever the plan is, you might have amazing employee at the time that you're tired and you haven't built your company so that that employee could take it over. And now you're stuck and you have to do another five to 10 years to get the company in shape so that you can do what you want to do with your life. Again, it's the same with franchisors coming in April. So when people come to me to franchise their business, that's one of the conversations I'll have with them. When do you want to retire? What does that look like? How much money do you want in the bank to retire? What does that look like in terms of how many investors you need? And, and then we work backwards from there. Um, and, and so, you know, sometimes they'll look up and say, we haven't even franchised it yet. We'll say, no, but, you know, you, this is what you need to start to think about now. It's something I think about. So I, I have my franchise network values every two years. And I know once it gets to a certain point that I will start to explore the options that I've got with it. That's great. So not to leave just so I don't leave you all hanging, the other two strategies that we recommend having in place on day one in your business is having your customer avatar personas completely fleshed out, which there would be three to five of those for every business. And then also a complete strategic plan for your business that includes the culture pieces, the intentional culture you're building, as well as all of your growth projections and goal setting for the first at least three years with an outlook towards 10 years. So just to give you guys, you know, because I know you things on this podcast and you're like, well, so, well, this has been an amazing conversation. Cheryl, you are a wealth of knowledge and I'm sure the audience can see exactly what I mean when I say you're one of the franchisors doing it, right? You clearly have your franchisees' messages at heart going through all of this planning with them and the real deep dives into what do you want. And as we talk about that inside the Infinite Franchisee, we call it swag, right? What do you want? 
the state how do you want your life to have sanity wealth and gratitude in it during your business journey and beyond well, thank you so much for contributing to that conversation today cheryl thank you thank you so much for inviting me on april really appreciate it and if people want to connect with you for either more information about becoming an apollo care franchisee or because they are thinking of franchising their own business or their franchisor who needs a mentor, how do people get in touch? So they can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. So I'm there as Channel White on LinkedIn. Uh, Facebook is Channel White Mercury Franchise School. And then our website is www.apollocare.co.uk for the Apollo Care Network or www.mercuryfranchiseschool.com for the Franchise School. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, April. Thanks for listening to the Infinite Franchisee Show. If you had a breakthrough from listening to this episode, leave us a five-star review and share it with your business owner friends. If you liked what you heard here, I have more content in other places. You can find me on YouTube and over on Instagram. Join my free Facebook group, Franchisee Tips and Tricks, where I teach weekly business lessons for free. You can also learn about ways you can partner with me and work with me for a season of your business. Get more information at AskAprilPorter.com. I'll see you in the next episode. And until then, never settle for anything less than infinite success. Thank you.